Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the December 13th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And surprise, I'm Lisa. Lisa's Lisa. here. Oh, there's Lisa. Hey, it's She's that just... time of year. Yes. It's like we're back. A bad penny time. that shows up. Like Aunt Myrtle's <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater. Oh, no. <laughs> Say it ain't so. The one with the pom-poms. Uh, yes. Oh, mercy. The oh. stuff they dress babies in in particular is a little scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get way too much Christmas cheer in <laughs> those, far too much Those sweaters abundance. should come with money stuffed in the sleeve that is put aside for the child's therapy in later life. Probably, especially once they have to see those pictures shown at their weddings and high school graduations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, of course, since Lisa's here, you guys probably get an inkling of what's going on today. In addition to other fun topics, we've hauled out the yearly recipe book to share a little treat with you guys. I think we both have something you're really going to like. So, I was all ready to share. I was all psyched about my recipe. And all of a sudden, something kept knocking at the back of my brain. So I finally went to Mystic Access and looked, and I had shared it another year. So I found another goodie and uh, need to do something about that failing memory. Well, that happens. It was clearly a good recipe because it was. you wanted to share it again. <laughs> Absolutely. I did the same thing. We've shared this little segment for those of you who are new for many years now. So if you want to go back through the archives, you can see many previous recipes that the two of us have shared across the years. And it's kind of beginning to get interesting to find new ones. So hopefully you'll like what we have to share this year. I know I will. Yours sounds amazing. And I haven't even heard ingredients yet. It looks very easy. And I think people will really enjoy it. And I think even my husband would eat this one, even though he's not a nut fan so much. He's just a nut. He is just a nut, that's for sure. But he's very cheesy, and as a result, I think he would appreciate (laughs) it. Yeah. Anyway, talking about me as if I'm not here. (laughs) Yeah, this is the time where the nutty, cheesy one needs to insert something. Yes, please. (laughs) So we can talk about recipes. We can talk about other things, maybe how to cook recipes or how to clean up. After after... you cook those recipes. (laughs) Exactly. There's a hole in the bottom of the bag of flour. Or something. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh. Spilled some of those walnuts in my recipe. Don't know where they went. They rolled under the sink. Who knows where they are? Yeah. Or, or under yeah. the table or tub or we kitchen. We have a solution. Yes, we, we do. Do. I guess I will start. Okay, you can start. So, for those that have been listening for a while, you may know that there's one of the three of us has a vacuum fetish. And it's not either Lisa or myself, so that narrows it down. <laughs> well, Lisa kind of. It's kind not of so much. Not, not so much. Not like somebody else we no, know. No, no, but it's your fault. Oh, well, yes, it is. Because so, one fine day I was using my old vacuum and, and it, it looked at me and said, <laughs> and then it got rather warm and cozy, a little too warm and cozy. And I decided it was probably ready to be put out to pasture. Yes, and, and this is a robot vacuum for those yes. that are curious. So she told me about this robot vacuum that she bought and of course i had to ponder for quite a few months do i really need one and then came black friday 
<laughs> and before this, of course, we had gone on YouTube, and there's one particular channel that I really like. For those of you who are interested in this topic and want to learn more, one channel I can recommend from having done the research as well is a channel called Vacuum Wars. And he just really gives a lot of really good, concise information in less than 10 minutes. And it's very helpful to learn more about potential vacuum purchases you may be making or considering. Well, when my old vacuum died, I really thought about not replacing it, the robot. I thought, you know, this is more trouble than it's worth because the old one that I had, and I don't want to say brands because I don't want to, you know, they change. But it would get stuck in the legs of the rebounder. It would get stuck behind furniture. It would get stuck in my vertical blind. And I really wanted to like a robot vacuum. I'm still dealing with a lot of fatigue from long-haul COVID. And for reasons I don't understand, running the vacuum is one of the most energy-draining things I can do. Also, as a blind person, I like the confidence of knowing that even though I've cleaned in a pattern, something else has cleaned in a pattern. So I talked to another friend of mine who is quite knowledgeable about vacuum. And we had a discussion about what I needed and what I was looking for and if I wanted something that would just mop or something that would vacuum and mop. And I just wanted a vacuum. And there are different kinds of vacuums. And now there's a line of them that have LIDAR in it. And that's what this one is. And I got it. One time it sucked up a cord. And I've had it since September maybe longer. I can't remember now all the, the days blend into each other. But I was so kind of over the top happy with this thing. I thought, ooh, they need to know about this thing. But they took theirs a step farther than I did. Yes, we did. So I will say the brand, the mm -hmm. brand that's actually working, which is a Robo Rock, And the one that we both have is a Q5 back and then five. And it's LiDAR based, so it maps your house with LiDAR, and it knows kind of where it is. It does a very, very good job. Kim can kind of attest to this. What do you think, Kim, between this specific vacuum and some of the other ones that you've had personal experience with? Well, I think this is right up there with my shark in terms of cleaning power. The only one that I've seen that is remotely close to this was the shark that I had previously. I think this one is better, though, because it's not as erratic as the shark was. The yes. shark would move round and round in strange little non-patterns, and you never quite knew where it was going to go next. And this one does not do that. It's very precise. It usually only comes into a room twice at most, and it does a really good job. Chris likes these a lot because of the cool factor, but my top priority with these is how clean is going to make my floors. Mm -hmm. And this one does a really good job, seemingly not just surface cleaning, but it seems to do a relatively good job with some of the deeper cleaning as well. Now, we've not spilled sugar or sand or anything in the carpets to try a test like that, obviously, but I think it's doing a really nice job with how it's cleaning. And, you know, it's just like the whole house smells good after it's done because it just just seems like it's done a really nice job of picking things up. And because it's not moving in some strange zigzag that makes no sense whatsoever and moving in and out of the room 50 times, then I feel like it has covered all the places that it needs to cover and is cleaning well. So while the Roomba yep. that we had made more sounds and was cute in that regard and had a more accessible app, this one I feel cleans better. We also have one 
And I won't mention its brand because, number one, I don't remember it. But we had another one in the house that cleaned better, I feel, than the Roomba did. Now, Roomba was a lower level. Wasn't our Roomba a lower level? No, it was a higher end Roomba. But it, I got it at a cheaper price because of something that happened with iRobot. And they gave me 30% off. So that's why it, it wasn't as expensive at the time as it could have been. At its time, it was an $800 vacuum. I did not pay $800 for the Roomba, but I felt the Roomba really, in my opinion, just never did a really good job. I would agree. Can you set it up compared to another one that we had and this one and even the Shark? I feel like all of them were better than the Roomba. Even though the Roomba is a really well-known brand, it definitely has the most accessible app of the group and it has the best sound effects so you can monitor what it's doing of the group of vacuums that we're kind of discussing here today. But in terms of cleaning power, I'll put this one right up there with my shark. But as far as moving around and doing its job, I think it's at the top. Yeah, since we're talking brands, the one that I had to babysit all the time was a shark. And the thing I appreciate, Kim, is kind of the same thing you've said is the predictability. When I run the thing, I'm generally here. So I don't have time to kind of spend the whole time it's cleaning, staying out of its way. And I really like the predictability. It doesn't kind of zoom around indiscriminately. I know that it's going to start in my kitchen and it's going to clean my living room, dining room area. It's going to do the laundry room. It's going to go into the bedroom. It's going to go into the bathroom and then it's going to go back and dock itself. And I really like that predictability. I don't find the app is super easy, but I find it is usable once you figure it out. And I don't know if you guys saw, but there is a thing where you can set how deep it goes, like to clean carpets, because I have kind of thick carpet in here. So I have it set to clean. And the nice thing is if you have a really big house, it will clean until its battery's about to die. And if it's not finished, it'll go home, it'll dock itself, it'll wait till it has enough charge, and it'll go back out. But it will also talk. So if there is an error, it will speak it, it will tell you when it's finished, when it's returning to the dock. Uh, It does tell you some obvious things that you already know, like dustbin removed, you know, when you take it out to clean it. But I mean, obviously the fact that it cleans well, to me, the next big important thing is that I don't really have to babysit it. But you still didn't talk, Chris, about the upgrades that you made to yours. I did not. And I'm I'm considering both of these. Yes. So because of Black Friday, I decided to get a brush a silicone brush for, uh, you know, the, the actual beater brush. It's what comes with a beater brush, which has bristles on it, you know, just like your regular brush. Soft bristles, yeah. Soft bristles, yes. And I decided before I even got it that I was going to get the silicone brush. And I also bought a couple of silicone side brushes. So you've got two brushes. You've got the side brush that spits the dirt in front of the vacuum, you know, if it's running around, and the vacuum then sucks it up with the beater brush if you will so my beater brush is actually silicone which i actually like it better but the biggest upgrade that i had done and this is a total first world problem but what i had purchased was an auto empty dock and kim and i fondly call this whole setup empty and kim can explain that why there's a cute reason why we call this thing empty it probably won't be funny to anyone but us, but that's It why. won't. 
but you can tell it anyway. <laughs> okay. We read these audiobooks together. Sometimes we'll get on a tangent and we'll decide to read something together, which is really fun to do. It's fun to share that kind of thing. So one of the things we were reading was a graphic audio book. And in this book, there's this guy and he's kind of on the road doing whatever he's doing. I won't give any of the book away. But there was a point when we were reading this book and we were about to stop reading the book. And Chris says to me, all pitiful, don't you want to meet Empty? And Empty was the dog that this guy kind of inherited. But the reason he was named Empty by the lady who had him before this guy did, the hero of our story did, is because he was never Empty. So we thought Empty was a perfect name for something that emptied your vacuum. So now the vacuum and the auto-empty dog and the vacuum are now called Empty after this critter. <laughs> so basically what the vacuum does is it will dock itself when it's done doing its vacuum job. The dock then is a vacuum, which then vacuums out the robot. And man, I'll tell you, it does an amazing job. The way that it works is when the vacuum is parked on the dock, most of the time a vacuum is sitting on the dock and the majority of the vacuum is over your carpet or your floor. So the dock really isn't that big, but this one is. This one, the vacuum actually sits on the dock itself. And then what it does is when the vacuum, when the dock does its vacuum job, it vacuums through the beater brush and pulls all of the dirt out of the bin and then up into the vacuum itself. Now, the top of the vacuum is a bag. So you have, let's say, two months worth of debris in this bag. And then you just pop the bag off. It, it seals itself shut. And then you throw your bag away. That's kind of the upgrade that I did. And the dock, there was a deal for it on Black Friday. And it's actually cool because... We mapped our house, and we had this vacuum and dock sitting in one place. And it would roll over there fine, and it would get there quickly. But neither of us was really happy. We both had our reasons for not really liking it there. Me especially. I was like, I don't know. I really don't like it here. I really don't like it here. Well, we were having lunch one afternoon, and Chris thought of another place to put the dock. And remember, the dock has the bag on top so that it'll auto-empty your vacuum into that bag. It sucks it up into the bag on the dock. Well, I was saying well, I don't know, is it going to fit there? Is it going to work there? So we tried it, and we stuck it in this place, the second place that we had decided it might work. And we actually both love it, and it's new home. And we had to remap the house because we needed to anyway, but it found its way to that perfect. It's never had a problem getting home at its second home either, which is great. I don't think, honestly, Elisa might be able to speak to this as she's had it longer, but I've never had it lost. I've never had it trip up on something, and, and my office isn't exactly the emptiest place to be there's stuff all over it's kind of a path this thing will actually go in vacuum out the path turn itself around come back out and it works fine so i'm kind of yeah. outing myself here but it's i don't think it's ever gotten stuck ever gotten no. lost my sort of danger zone is under my bed because i have various things under there i have some cords and it just goes around it. It doesn't get involved in all of it. Now, I didn't go with the auto-empty dustbin. I've considered it, and I may, I may watch and see when the price goes down. But after my experience with the other one, I wasn't even sure I was going to like this thing. 
also, I have sometimes dropped small items. And if I can't find them, I kind of just wait. I bide my time. And then I check the dustbin of the vacuum cleaner. And 95% of the time, I find them. Also, I kind of like to see how much, this is going to sound maybe silly, but there's a method to my madness. I like to see how much dog hair is going into the dustbin because dogs can shed seasonally, but it also gives me an idea if it's an off season and all of a sudden there's a lot of hair. And of course I can tell that just from petting and grooming her too. But if I'm finding a lot of hair, I might know, okay, you know, we have a health concern possibly. So I kind of like knowing what's coming out. The idea of having it empty for me is appealing too. So I'm not, I'm still kind of on the fence. So I got a, I could solve both of your issues. You could set it so that it doesn't auto empty. You go into the app and now there's an empty button there that you press and it basically empties it. The other thing is when it does empty, you can hear how much stuff gets (laughs) pulled into that vacuum. We'll try and insert some sound effects for you guys so you can hear it running and then you can hear it empty because it is loud. We could probably do that. like though when it gears up because you can kind of hear the motor going like it's like whoa yes. power <laughs> and then it goes Pinnacle. something like positioning standby so it's trying to figure out where it is yeah and when we moved it to the new place 
it found itself much faster. It did. It likes it better over there. Now, some of this, you might need help from sighted people, but it's pretty cool because so you can set up routines. So let's say that you have a baby and you feed the baby in his or her high chair every day around noon. You can set the robot at 1230, for example, to go and to spot clean in the area around the baby's high chair and then dock itself. So there's a lot of kind of fancy things. Some of it you might need help because you've got to kind of plot it out on a map. Right. But once it's done, you know, you'd be in good shape. You can actually tell it what furniture you have, the type of carpet that you have. And this is not a expensive vacuum. And I'm saying expensive, you know, that's for each individual. But it's not a $1,000, $800 vacuum. Even with the auto empty dock, it doesn't cost that much. My favorite other feature is what we were just talking about. When you're hearing it rev up and down, in many cases, that's because it's moving from one surface to the next. So if it's on tile, so if it's on our kitchen floor, or if it's in our bathroom, it's going to sound completely different than if it's on our carpet. It's smart enough to know I'm on a different surface. I need to use this much power. So now we move from cleaning up the messes to possibly cooking. This has been my year of the dying appliances. Oh, no. So I had a house guest over Thanksgiving who mentioned that every time I used my microwave, there was kind of a smoky smell. Now, I have no sense of smell. And so I said, well, you know, do you think it could be like food that got baked on? Maybe I just didn't clean in the back or something as well as I could. And they said, no, it's more like burning, smoking electronics. I was also having trouble with the one minute button, which was my primary button that I used all the time, not working well. It was one of the Hamilton Beach microwaves that talked that was out several years ago. And a lot of people had them die a lot quicker. So I guess I was fortunate. But I went on the hunt for a new microwave. And at first I thought this would be an easy job because I could just get one of the ones that Amazon made that were a lady enabled and had the combination air fryer and all that. I wasn't thrilled that it wasn't 1100 watts, but I could deal, especially because you could get a free braille overlay. It's not free. It's 99 cents. Yes. But they don't so, even make this particular exactly. one that you're talking about. Yep. All gone. I was going to say guns. what to my wondering eyes should appear. Amazon microwave and overlay are no longer here. You can still buy the 99 cent overlay. You just can't get the microwave. You can't get the air fryer. Oh, how funny. Somebody will figure that out at some point, I hope. So then it was like, okay, what do I really want? I wanted something that was a lady enabled just because it sounded cool. I really put on my non-negotiables since I was choosing an 1100 watt microwave because I don't use a lot of them, but frozen dinners and things like that, they'll say, you know, designed for 1100 watt microwaves. I wanted something that I could label. So I didn't want menus upon menus upon menus. I didn't want submenus. I didn't want to have to memorize, okay, you do these five heat presses just to get the microwave to heat for a minute. So I looked and I got a Toshiba microwave. It will work with a lady in the Google thing. And it was interesting because I got the microwave set up 
and I had two little adhesive lock dots and I got help from Ira to position them. And the one is on the one minute button. It's actually a little below the minute button, but some of the residue from where I slid it is on the one minute button, so it works. And at least it's a point of reference. The other one is on the Wi-Fi button, which I needed to press and hold while I set it up. I was able to download the manual, but then I ran into snags because I tried to connect my microwave to the Toshiba app. And there was more than one Toshiba app. So I ended up getting all the print stuff together and calling Ira back and saying, okay, let's confirm that the model that's written on my microwave is the same model that's written on the manual. Yes, it was the same model. So then there was an elongated postcard stock looking thing. And that had the QR code for the app. So the Ira agent took a picture and went to the app store on her phone and gave me the correct name of the app. The app had been updated and renamed since the manual came out. So I finally got it hooked up with the Toshiba app. It's tricky. I haven't really played with that app much because I haven't had to. If I had to rely only on that app, I think I would just label the whole thing and be done with it because <laughs> it was a pain. Then I tried to hook it up to a lady. I put in Toshiba and I searched and it gave me a skill and it was supposed to be the right one. And it was rated like 1.2 out of five stars. And I went, oh boy, this is not going to be fun. So it turns out that the skill had also undergone the same new naming convention. And once I put in the name of the app, the correct skill, and enabled it, everything worked. I did have one funny moment because I was in the living room. My ECHO <laughs> is in the kitchen. And I spoke to it, and I had had a cup of water sitting in the microwave for that purpose. And it responded something about the kitchen, and I didn't hear it. And I said yes, and all of a sudden, the vacuum started to clean. <laughs> so my house is fighting back. So now it's very nice. I can say, a lady, ask the microwave to cook for two minutes. And it will say, microwaving. I think you can say, ask it to cook for two minutes at power level 10 or whatever. It defaults to power level 10. I haven't really played with it a lot to see, can you ask it to defrost? I don't think, I think the skill is pretty basic. You could muck around in the regular app for that. But overall for my needs, which are pretty basic microwaving, I'm not creating fancy dishes in my microwave. I'm mostly reheating stuff. And so for my purposes, it works really well. I like it. It is a touch panel. I do plan to get actually a spot and line pen. My mother had marked one of my microwaves years back and she did a beautiful job on it. On the minute button, she put an M in braille and C on the clear and S on the start. And it was like perfect size and perfect dot height. You know, how sometimes you see pseudo braille and you have to kind of figure it out. This was just perfect. So I'm hoping to get that duplicated on this microwave just so that I have options. For example, when I had company the other day, I was making scrambled eggs and I was at the point where they were almost done and I wanted to keep them stirring so they heated evenly and nothing stuck. But I had bacon in the microwave ready to 
finish heating. And it was really nice to not have to leave the eggs and just use my voice to turn on the microwave. Yeah, the Amazon Smart Oven that Kim and I have, the one that's no longer available, it's got so many voice commands, and I don't even remember half of them. Like, you can say something like microwave popcorn, and it'll come back, and it'll say how many ounces, and then you that way. Or you could say something like microwave 3.2 ounces of popcorn, and it does it. You know, those kinds of things. Maybe your microwave, you can do things like that as well. Maybe it's got presets and stuff. But like you said, for what you use it for, it works great. And going back to for what we use it for, we don't use those fancy things. I mean, I'll use the popcorn one from time to time. But We've you baked can... pies in it before. We We're did. We're actually getting really yummy results baking pies in it now, which is fun. <laughs> it's a convection oven as well. Yep. So we actually baked an apple pie, I want to say for... Memorial Day or Labor Day Something. weekend. We baked we two. Our second one turned out better. Yes. We'll probably do another one for Christmas. Make some kind of pie. Happy holidays, Mystic Access listeners. This is Santa sending you warmest greetings from my extremely busy workshop. I'll be climbing down your chimney to stuff your stockings full of Christmas cheer before you can say Kris Kringle. And if you've been especially good, I'd love to bring you some special shiny gifts from Mystic Access to make your holidays extra bright. Before I make my list and check it twice, be sure to check out the Mystic Access shop page to find your favorite treats or something to make those you love very merry. Need ideas? Check out the podcast, listen to samples on mysticaccess.com, or give Chris and Kim a call at 716-543-3323. Merry Christmas, and I expect particularly delicious milk and cookies from you this Christmas Eve. (laughs) And don't forget the reindeer, they get extra hungry pulling my humongous heavy sleigh around the world. See you soon. Ho, 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 ho. Since you're talking Christmas and making stuff, why don't you share your goodie first? Okay. So I found... I'm dying to hear this thing. Okay. This <laughs> sounds amazing, right? So I'm really excited to share this recipe with you guys. This is a baked stuffed brie with cranberries and walnuts. Just makes my mouth water even just saying it. For those of you who consider yourselves cheese lovers and have not tried brie... Just try it. (laughs) Either make somebody else make you some brie or bake yourself a brie. Find out how to do it. Experiment and do it. It is the most scrumptious, wonderful thing. I had a friend. She and my mom and I were all into this TV show. And we always watched it at her house because she had one of the premium networks that this show was on. And so when it premiered for the first several episodes, it would become our weekly thing. We would go to her house. My mom, my friend, and myself would all get together and she would bake a brie. And so just because of that alone, I have the most fond, lovely memories of brie from a few years ago. And so it's just one of my favorite cheeses. It's scrumptious. And this is a way to have your brie in a slightly different way. This recipe comes from allrecipes.com. I'm going to read it to you from the site because there are a couple things I want to read you that are important. So up here near the top of the recipe, it says one of the most common mistakes people make when serving cheese is not letting it come to room temperature first so that all the flavors can be fully realized. This beautiful baked stuffed brie takes that principle to the next level. 
And if you're looking up this recipe, this is a recipe by Chef John. So I will definitely link it in the show notes so that you guys can learn more about it. But I'm going to give you the pertinent information here. So the prep time for this is 20 minutes. The additional time is one hour and 20 minutes. And the total time is one hour, 40 minutes. It serves eight and it yields eight servings. So here are the ingredients. One small wheel of brie, about six to eight inches, chilled. One quarter cup dried cranberries. One quarter cup chopped walnut. One sheet of frozen puffed pastry, thawed, plus extra for optional design. One egg, beaten. One teaspoon water. So those are your ingredients. Very simple. There's not a lot you need. The brie is probably going to be the hardest thing to do for this recipe. So here are your instructions. Step one is definitely the hardest. You want to score the side of a wheel of brie all the way around with a sharp paring knife. Cut directly on the equator through the rind. Using a long piece of string or dental floss, wrap the string around the brie on the newly made cut. Loop one end of the string over the other, a half knot. Then, pulling the ends of the string in opposite directions, cut the brie in half. Now, the guy does a video, which probably won't do you any good, to show this technique, but it sounds pretty brilliant, and it sounds fairly easy to do. So, hopefully you won't have too many problems with it. Because brie, if you haven't worked with brie, it's ooey, gooey, gooey. So, you definitely want to find some way to make this happen without having brie all over your knife. And this way, it's supposed to do a perfect job. I was reading a lot of the reviews for this, and people thought this whole concept was brilliant. It is a little hard to get your head around it, but I think it will be fairly easy once you try it a couple of times. should be able to get the hang of it. So the rest is fun. So step two is press the dried cranberries on one cut side of the brie and the walnuts on the other. Quickly put the two sides back together with the cranberries on top of the walnuts. Press together and stuff back in any cranberries or walnuts that fell out. Step three, roll out a thawed sheet of puff pastry on a floured surface about one-eighth inch thickness. Place brie in center of the pastry. Gently pull up the edges and ensure you have enough dough to entirely wrap the brie. You can trim off the corners if there is too much dough. Brush the dough with the egg wash. Fold one edge of the dough over the brie and then the opposite side. Fold over the remaining edges and complexly encase the brie. I like that. That made me laugh when I read it, so I had to read it to you guys. Complexly encase the brie. You can trim off excess pieces of dough if necessary. Flip the brie over so the seam is at the bottom. Gently press in the sides to snug the dough against the brie. Brush the top and the sides of the wrapped brie with egg wash. Now, it's getting good right here. So step four. If you choose to decorate the brie with cutout shapes of additional puff pastry, Use very cold, almost still frozen dough to ensure sharp lines. So you can decorate your brie. Isn't that cool? You can do anything you want with it. Lightly brush the decorative pieces with egg wash. Place the brie in the freezer for one hour. And this is a crucial step. See note below. So we're almost done. Now, step five, you want to preheat your oven to 425 degrees Fahrenheit or 220 degrees Celsius. Line a rimmed baking sheet with parchment paper. Finally, 
Step six, place the brie on the prepared baking sheet. Bake on the center rack in preheated oven until it is browned and leaking cheese about 20 minutes. Only rarely does the brie not leak through, but 20 to 25 minutes is about how long it takes to melt the cheese and brown the pastry. So now, here's the important step that's important to remember, the cook's note. And this says, do not skip the freeze for one hour step. The crust needs to bake to a golden brown before the brie starts pouring out. So it must be partially frozen when it goes into the oven. If you happen to make it ahead of time and put it in the oven frozen solid, then I'd lower the temp to 400 and give it an extra 10 minutes or so or until the cheese is runny. So you can decorate it. It's got cranberries in it. It's got walnuts in it. It's ooey gooey cheese and it's puff pastry on top. Seriously, I don't know what's not to love about that particular recipe if you love the tartness of cranberries or the crunch of the nuts or the ooey gooeyness of the brie or that fluffy pastry. It just is a heavenly, heavenly recipe. This kind of astounds me because I love cheese of all kinds, but I've never had baked brie. Oh, um, so good. My sense of this recipe is especially when you're removing the wax and you're adding the walnuts and cranberries and things that when you get it out of the fridge, do not stop to answer your phone. Do not nope. do anything. The colder, the better. Yes. But my question I had for you was, how do you serve this? Do you serve it with like bread or crackers? Do people just cut it into wedges and eat it with a fork? You can totally do it that way. That's how I've done it in the past. Also, you can do crackers. So you could do either way that you wanted to. So you, you could either eat it with crackers. You could eat it by itself, which is how I normally do it. Because mm -hmm. it's already got the puff pastry. So sometimes yeah, the cracker yeah. might be considered overkill there. So yeah. I think I personally would just somehow slice it up into wedges or pieces. And then everybody can have some of this scrumptious stuff. Because you've got your tartness. You've got your crunch. You've got your fluffy dough. And you've got your brie. So you've got all these textures taken care of. But if you wanted more crunch or if you wanted something else, certainly I see no reason why you couldn't do crackers as well. The other piece of this, of course, is you could fill this brie with anything you wanted. So yeah. in the comments, I was reading about different ways that people had done this. So mm, you can pretty much make yum. it any way you want. So you could have a different brie for every season if you wanted to do this particular recipe. Well, I was thinking it might even be fun to mix cheeses because to me, getting the wax off in one piece and having the brie not look like you hacked at it would be <laughs> the hardest part. I agree. But have you ever seen those patty shells? Yes. They're like puff pastry. I think they would be cool to bake and then fill with like a warm cheese mixture. Yeah. Put the little tops on and bake them, then you'd have individual ones. Wow, there are so many ways to go with this. So many ways to do it. You got the basic idea right there, and you can yeah. just run with it and do any number of things. Like you said, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a brie. It could be any number of different ways to do it. You could do it as croissants. You could do it as any number of things. Yeah. And I'm such a cheese lover, but this time of year just begs for cheese. Just about oh, every recipe I've shared, whether it's regular cheese of some kind or cream cheese just about every holiday recipe I've shared has cheese in it and this year is actually no exception this was a recipe I made last year because 
often for Christmas, we gather at my one sister's home and it's often kind of like a buffet. But last year she decided to do a brunch. This was just family, so we all brought stuff, but some people prefer to do the cooking on their own. And so if you have a crew for brunch, whether it's Christmas or any time or just a hungry crew, this is a wonderful dish. This is shrimp and grits. And immediately people are gonna go, I don't like shrimp. Well, you can do chicken and grits. You can do sausage and grits. You could leave out the, sh the protein and do cheese grits. If you don't like cheese, you can do shrimp and grits or whatever and leave out the cheese. It's pretty versatile. The only thing that's really kind of not negotiable, and why would you want to change it anyway, is the liquid. This is an instant pot recipe. If you don't have an instant pot recipe, you can use these ingredients and these ideas and just look up shrimp and grits. You certainly don't need to make it in an instant pot. I liked it as an instant pot recipe because I could leave it in the instant pot, take the whole thing, plug it in, put it on keep warm, and I was good to go. This is from a YouTube channel that was recommended to me. And at first I was thinking, what do I want a YouTube channel for? You know, it's videos. This man is very descriptive. Probably some of you already know who I am talking about. His YouTube channel is called Pressure Luck Cooking, and it's pressure, like high pressure, pressure cooker, whatever, that kind of pressure. Pressure Luck Cooking. He also has at least one book on Bard and possibly more. So this is his recipe with a few adaptations by yours truly for shrimp and grits. And we will have a link to this recipe but I'll list the ingredients in case you're a note taker. So you start with three cups water, three cups garlic broth or vegetable broth. I really like, and he recommends as well, the Better Than Bouillon brand. And so you can do water, uh, three cups of water and three teaspoons or one tablespoon better than bouillon. It comes in a jar. It's kind of like pasty and you keep it refrigerated, but it's a wonderful broth. You can use bouillon, you can use whatever. Two tablespoons extra virgin olive oil. Now this is where he gets a little particular, and I agree. One and one half cup old-fashioned stone ground or hominy white grits. I hear you. You do not want to mess with grits and put in the wrong kind of grit. I'm a southern girl. We know grits down south, and you, you don't mess with grits. It says, note. It must be these and not instant or five-minute grits. No. And avoid yellow grits. Those are for polenta. One half cup heavy cream or half and half. Two to four tablespoons, one-fourth to one-half stick salted butter. One 5.2-ounce package borsan or borsan cheese, any flavor, or four ounces of a brick of cream cheese. That's optional. I really like the Borsan cheese. It's maybe a little more expensive if you're doing it for a holiday thing, especially it's worth a dollar or two more. It's rich. It's wonderful. If you've never tried Borsan cheese, you really should make its acquaintance because it's delicious. One and one half to two pounds, raw and thawed, large or jumbo shrimp, peeled and deveined, tail on or off. Now, I did medium veined shrimp tail off. I did this because, well, a couple reasons. One is self-serving. I really don't like sticking the fork with the tail, the shrimp tail, 
in my mouth. If you're removing the tail and it's got the grits and cheese and stuff all over it, it can get messy. My dad has Parkinson's and I also figured it would be more convenient for him if those tails were removed. You can do this one of two ways. If you buy extra large or jumbo shrimp and you kind of want that scene, you certainly can leave them whole. I like to cut them in half just because then it's easy, you know, easy eating. It's just, it's easy. Um, two cups shredded cheese of your choice. Cheddar or Gouda works great. I think I used like a Monterey Jack. Two teaspoons to one tablespoon cracked black pepper or to taste. And if you're making Lisa's version, you don't put any pepper in it because <laughs> no. A few dashes of hot sauce to taste is optional. And then sliced chives for topping, also optional. I'm not going to go through all of the instructions, but essentially you're adding your liquids and your grits to the instant pot. You're securing the lid and you're heating it at high pressure. When you're done cooking, you do need to allow it to release and you have to stir. You don't want to over stir, but you want to stir thoroughly. You want to go to the bottom. I don't think I quite went to the bottom. The instant pot was on a high counter. I'm short. I should have either gotten a step stool or lowered it. So I did have some, not bad, not showstoppers, but I had a little bit of lumps at the bottom of mine. So that was kind of a, a thing. When you've stirred it, you won't have any liquid top. You add the cream, the butter, the cheese, and then you saute. So you cook it a little more. I think if you're using this on the stove, you can see how it'll work. You're stirring in the butter, the milk, the borsan cheese. Then you're stirring in the shreds later after you've sauteed. So basically you stir until it's melted. You can keep it warm. It will thicken slightly. And then you serve. Now, serving is also kind of a matter of choice. I did not put hot sauce in because I didn't know what the tastes of people would be. So I put that on the side. I also took some of the best that I had had before when I had shrimp and grits. So I had two little bowls of add-ons. I had bacon that I had cooked and kind of broken up small. And then I had diced tomatoes. And I think for some reason I could not get green onions. So I used parsley to top it, just like some dried parsley flakes. And it gave it a little bit of green on top. It is a heavy dish. It does make an instant pot full. So you really don't need like eggs and pancakes and sausage and bacon and all kinds of things because that can create a lovely food coma all on its own. And if you think that you would like to try this, but you've never even heard of shrimp and grits, I cheat all the time. And Kim will probably, her little southerner's heart will be all a flutter, I'm afraid. But I've made cheater version of shrimp and grits. I will make a packet of instant grits. I will add some butter and maybe a little cheese to it and uh, a couple shrimp because I keep some in the freezer usually. And it's not exactly the same, but it's a reasonable facsimile. So it would give you an idea about whether or not you liked it before you decided to make it for an army. It does heat up nicely, especially if you're heating it on the stove. You might want to make another cup of broth you probably wouldn't add the whole cup. You might want to add a little bit to your pan if it's dry to just kind of re-moisten things. But I love it. It's a real favorite with my family. 
both around the holidays and just about any time, except January 2nd when everybody's trying to lighten up. Then maybe not so much. Yeah, I don't think you definitely want it when you're trying to have a New Year's resolution to lighten up because you can have shrimp and grits. You can have one nice meal of shrimp and grits. You're done for the day. Maybe yes, it's the next yes. day, too. That's good yeah. you. You're done. No, while my little Southerner's heart did do a flutter, it is totally understandable because you're not going to make a big pot of shrimp and grits for one or two or probably even four. You're just not. Because then you will grow to hate it. Because you, you will grow will to hate it very quickly, and you will be the next contestant on my 600-pound life. And yeah. you really don't want this to happen to you. So, and I've never tried it, but I don't suspect it would freeze well. No. It might. I, I could be wrong, but it just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would freeze well. I suspect not. I've never tried it either, but I don't think I would try it because it's got too many moving parts. And I'm sure one or another of them would not do well in the freezer. If we ate both of these recipes in one meal. Oh, no. I think this is like a cardiologist dream come true. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Oh, we always do come up with completely yummy things that are very fattening to share with you guys. So apologies for that in advance because it's yeah. the holidays. It's what we do. It's a good time for that. It's really funny because I enjoy the holidays and all the foods you only get at that time of year. But then New Year's, it's like I'm ready to get back to the regular routine. and. Mm -hmm. I mean, I eat salads and stuff anyway, but like nice big salads and such. I was thinking too, with your baked brie, even though you wouldn't put it on them, that would be a nice thing to serve some, I'm thinking like peppers or cucumbers with, because mm -hmm. they're cold and crisp and next to the hot and creamy, that could work really nicely. It could, especially yeah. if you just had a plain brie. Absolutely. I'm stuck on that brie. I want that brie. <laughs> oh, yes. You must try. You must try. You will not I'll regret have it. have to settle for, I have a temporary fix. I had gotten some wonderful dates, and so I got some goat cheese from the mm, store. Yum. Because uh, I, I do enjoy dates with goat cheese. Yeah, that's very yummy as well, and certainly a bit better for you than our brie. Yeah, but... Don't tell my insides that because they think it's decadent. So okay, well then that's my go. story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and hopefully you found something mildly entertaining. Yeah, maybe and... you had fun hearing the three of us together again. We like to do it every once in a while. It was it's fun to do it again. Yeah. 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 So take care, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs> The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener.
We hope you enjoyed this episode.